found it. This is the Tidbits Podcast with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. It is a hot day edition of Tidbits, uh, Wednesday, the 15th day of February. Good morning to you, Matthew. Good morning, Dale. Good to see you. Great to see you, buddy. Plenty of wind out there. Is it windy? You about lose your hat. <laughs> you know, I, I, I didn't. All right. We've got a special guest in the studio this morning. Yes, we do. Sean Shank, comedian. Good to have you in here. Thank good, you very much for having me. Good to have you on board. And um, now you're going to be in Logansport performing at the State Theater on Saturday, correct? Yeah, uh, we are going to be, but it's not a uh, stand-up show, okay. um, which, you know, I mean, typically that's what I'm doing here. But uh, actually, we're doing Storytellers uh, this Saturday, which is a collection okay. of all kinds of folks from different backgrounds. You've got college professors, pharmacists, uh, you know, purchasing managers at factories, and everybody's coming out to tell stories. You know, some are telling stories about, you know, health issues. Some are telling stories about, you know, like my story I'm talking about. Uh, I had a two-year period in my life where, like, I lost my mom. My dad, my uncle, one of my best friends, mm. wife's best. I mean, just all this death. But yeah. the thing is, I, I I do it in a funny way, if gonna, that's possible. I was going to say the topic's not funny. But, <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Sean, you're not very funny. <laughs> now, you've got a couple other folks with you, too, right? They're going to be a part of it. Oh, yeah, they're here. Hey, right. guys, how you doing? Hey, hello. I've got uh, Otis Boggs and uh, Blair, is it Gingrich? Gingrich, yes. Gingrich. All right. Okay. Now, you're all trying to share the same microphone, and it's hard to do. So if you feature yourself on the mic, get a little closer to it. There you go. All right. So, Blair, what, what are you going to do? Um, so I am going to be talking about type 1 diabetes. Um, I am a pharmacist, <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it's a disease that does affect... Um, you know, millions of people, and it um, does uh, take over a person's life. And so I think that, you know, there's a lot to gain from hearing about somebody going through something like that and what that ends up looking like. And in the end, um, my hope is that people can connect with that, maybe even if they don't have diabetes, that they have something they're going through and they can see hope in the midst of uh, struggle. Okay. Now, is that something you, do you deal with? Do I deal with it? Yeah. Yeah. I do. I um, okay. Obviously, it's something really personal. Um, I know a lot of people with it, mm -hmm. and um, it's obviously being in the healthcare field, right. uh, definitely something that I encounter on a regular basis. So I do get to the privilege of doing some diabetes education with my job, and it's really important to me to be able to give back to um, to people sure. and help teach them how to deal with this disease. Okay. Looks like uh, Sean has had his hat off in the wind. <laughs> That's a good luck, man. That's a really <laughs> I, I was told I've got a face and a haircut for radio. So yes. there we go. Yes, indeed. Otis. You fit right in. <laughs> Otis, you're going to be a part of it, too. Tell us what you're going to do. I'm going to do um, like a comedy um, as far as how it helps you get through the day-to-day -day life like you you know you have a choice you can either you know roll with the punches you've been given and and try and make light of it or you can um just set and dwell in in all the uh mess that life gives you right so it's it's about uh you know i grew up diff i grew up with a bad childhood and so i had a path i could either be 
um, bitter or I can be a happy guy and, and try and live the happiest life I can. And, you know, it's it's using comedy, too, in uh, your day-to-day life, you know, how it can improve you and how you can improve other people's lives as well. Mm-hmm. I've, been give, I've been gifted with the gift of laughter to one-on-one make people laugh, and I want to share it with the world. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's right. We're not on. TV. Right, we're not on TV, Sean. <laughs> we're not. Oh my goodness! There you go. Sorry. Hopefully, there's Ooh. no uh, in-studio cameras there. No, Mr. not yet. <laughs> now, someday there may be. There may be. We, we discussed that. But so, so Sean, is this a uh, you know the storytellers thing? Is this something that that you've coached them through? Because I mean, I know you've done some classes in comedy, and is this something that you you teach them, or they come with their own stories, or how's that? That's okay. So, storytellers is is a lot different than stand up. You know, stand up you've got it's very technical. There's a lot of psychology to it. It's there. It has absolutely maybe point zero zero one percent about being funny. You know, stand up people and people don't understand that. But storytellers is different. There's not the pressure to perform and be funny. You're just literally taking part in one of the oldest traditions that we have as human beings, and that's sharing stories with one another. Um, you know, and, and we are sharing all kinds of stories and all ratings of stories. As a matter of fact, when folks come out to the show, uh, we're actually going to have every story listed out and what the rating is. So, you know, if you're bringing your mom or your, you know, kiddos to the story and my portion comes up, I mean, I talk about some pretty sensitive stuff. So it's mine's, you know, rated R. Can take your kids out, get some popcorn, you know, maybe go across the street to the Chinese place, you know, get some. It's, it's open again, right? It's still. I right. think so, yeah. Okay. I think. So, I, why? They were takeout only for a long time. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah no, I, th- I think they are. I think they're open. I think I've seen folks going in there. If not, just call. You can eat in your car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just call ahead, get some delivery. Just, just, just eat in your car. It's fine. But, yeah, but I mean, as far as like the coaching aspect of it, I mean, a, a little bit, you know, right. but it's more of just me saying, you know, get up there, speak your truth, tell your story make it relatable and you know i mean some of these stories you know like we've got a guy telling three military stories Mm. you know from uh soldiers in the past you know and Mm. things that have happened uh we have one lady who's uh, coming in this year and she's you know like we're mine even though yes there's a lot of death there is a lot of comedy to the stuff i'm talking about but uh we have one storyteller named uh, cat and she's going to be talking about childhood trauma it's like well why would you want to tell that well um I was I was actually talking to Blair Notice on the way down here this morning, and uh, I worked with a guy named Christopher Titus. I don't know if you guys ever heard of him. He's he had like TV shows and things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So you're talking about yeah. And when I worked with him, um, he his like comedy was stories, and it was all so personal that people would come up to him after the shows and they would hug him and crying and they would say like to him things like man i thought i was the only one that went through stuff Mm -hmm. like this so when somebody comes to me and says can i talk about this on stage i say heck yeah you can i mean realize you know we have to say that it's like rated r for content stuff but you know there are people out there that need to hear these things so that's why it's i mean it's a huge mix you know like otis's story i mean it'll break your heart but it's lovely it's a beautiful story and actually Blair's too okay. I mean I both of them I mean you know I'm a guy I don't cry really easily but I got, I got close yeah. uh-huh. so uh, as far as tickets are concerned uh, I presume you can get those in advance is that correct yeah uh, if you go to the uh, State Theater Live 
uh, website. Okay. Um, just go to upcoming shows. Where, I mean, since we're this Saturday, we're at the top bill, and tickets are 12 bucks a piece. And, you know, I just encourage anybody to come out and uh, take part in it. You know, I mean, this is, you know, this is something that we've done for thousands of years as yeah. human beings, yeah. you know, sitting around the campfire, swapping stories, mm-hmm. making either, each other laugh, passing on our traditions, knowledge. I mean, that's how it's done, you know, and this is something we don't want to lose in this day and age where everybody's got their face stuck in their phone. Now, does that, each story have a specific time length? Yes. How's that work? Okay, so the basic rules for that I give the storytellers is you have 10 to 15 minutes and you can tell one to three stories. Okay. You know, and that's what they got. Now, some of these people are clocking in at eight minutes. Some of them are taking the full 15. Sure. One guy, we're chunking him up five, five, five throughout the, the night. As a matter of fact, one of our storytellers is uh, going to be Barry Taylor, who is the manager mm-hmm. of the State Theater. And he is he is relating a horror story okay. of his own creation. So, oh, wow. Nice. Uh, yep. Uh, but I haven't asked him for any details. Because you know, <laughs> I'm, look, I'm as much of a fan of this stuff as anybody. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I love to hear the story. So even though I'll be playing host and storyteller, I'm going to be sitting back there and listening just like everybody else. Very cool. A lot of varieties, a lot of flavors, yeah. you know, different approaches to connect with the audience. Now, we're going to do break for news, a look at weather. We've got some commercials. And you're all invited to stick around as we go through some of our, what we call like, tidbits. Well, we do what we do here. Okay. So all you're right. welcome to, to participate with that. Throw in your two cents worth. Because that's, that's, awesome. uh, that's what we do. So <laughs> we'll, uh, right. we'll take a break. We'll check news, weather, and we've got uh, tidbits on the way. This is Tidbits. And again, our thanks to the Matthew Paul Orchestra with uh, just a fabulous. Uh, yeah. Oh. That's Matthew playing that. Okay, that's we have the greatest theme music yeah. in, the, in all of radio. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was and Matthew head, created yeah. it. Yes. How about that? That's me. Well. Nice. Multi-talented. Multi-talented. We're joined in studio. Sean, we'll just go with first name, Sean Otis. And uh, Sabrina, is that right? Um, It's Blair. Oh, okay. okay, Sabrina. (laughs) I did. It had something to do with a witch. We we just met. Blair Witch. (laughs) You got to, okay. You've got to... New kind of, you know, to keep it together. Witch. So it's Sabrina, right. the teenage witch. Sure. So oh, that's a, I got it now. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. So here we go. Everybody's got to participate in our topic. You know, yes, sir. I'm yes, great sir. at names. Yes, you are. Okay. You're fantastic at names. Now a report that a dozen eggs cost more than one pound of ground beef. A dozen eggs. And, of course, ground beef in my day was 99 cents a pound. Always. Sure. Always. Mm-hmm. That's what you know, it should be. Never should be higher. Right. Experts say the bird flew. Wiped out about 100 million poultry and high production costs. The carton of eggs now for a dozen, 482. That's Gosh. not that much locally, is it? Have or you guys bought eggs? It depends yeah, on where a, it is. Yes. Yeah, 5.99. Is it in really? Napanee. No yeah. kidding. Man, it's, it's been up there. It's it's become the uh, caviar of the trailer park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say something, but I don't think I'm going to top that. Um, yeah. But it says the, the price of a pound of ground chucks fallen to four sixty four, that from a twenty twenty two peak of five twelve last August. Hmm. Fallen, so fallen. I, I love that yeah. that term. Like oh, so now it's affordable all of a sudden at yes. that at that rate. 
This is just unbelievable. I, I've not had any eggs, so of course, you know, I can't afford to eat really at, <laughs> at these mean, prices. I never thought I'd say this, but maybe I should become vegan. You know, yeah. I don't know if I can afford this. Well, lettuce isn't cheap either. That's true. <laughs> you know, you, all right. I mean, it's all terrible. The air and sunshine diet. Yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Eat grass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, the price is up there. And, I mean, if you guys want to get deep in the weeds on the conspiracy side of things, I mean, there have been lots of fires of chicken, you know. Yeah. Yep. There has been, not just bird flu. There was something fishy going on. Well, in the feed, too, like if you've been paying attention, uh, chickens weren't laying eggs. And it was getting real suspicious. And then people stopped using the feed that was put out by the main producer, which is Purina. Sorry if it's a sponsor. And uh, (laughs) once they did that and started letting their chickens free range, all of a sudden they started laying eggs again. Uh, How do we know this wasn't a worldwide strike on the chickens? Mm. (laughs) Yeah, what if they... Yeah. yeah, they band together because yeah. they know the price of eggs are through the roof, and they want their cut. <laughs> and they, they wanted want their some cut. sunshine yeah. too. So give them the sunshine and the grass. And you try pushing that out. See how you <laughs> I probably would want five dollars a dozen if I was pushing those. Out. Like, you realize what I have to do for these? <laughs> I've got to supply all of Martin's. That's right. <laughs> and you just want me to dunk toast. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so hmm. okay. now the. Uh, the California law is you have to identify yourself if you're the winner of the jackpot. And yeah. the $2 billion Powerball jackpot person stepped forward, Edwin Castro. Edwin's opted for the meager $997.6 million lump sum. Because he lives in California, he won't pay state income tax. Nice. Now, we would. Oh, yeah. 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 Why do, how do states get by without that? Tennessee doesn't have a state tax as far have, as income. They have higher tourism, so they can... Is that what it Same is? Same with Florida. Yeah. Doink yeah. the people coming into the state. That's, yeah. that's why. I mean, we pay for everything. Yeah. You know, license yeah, but 900 million, 900 million only gets you a house. Moderate yeah. three-bedroom, two-bath house <laughs> in California. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, he's going to eat through that pretty quick. He will, yeah. especially in California. Especially yeah. if he's buying eggs. Yes. 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 Yep. yes. I can afford, I can afford <laughs> two cartons now. Maybe he'll hand them out to his neighbors or something. As a, he as declined a to appear at the event. He, he didn't show up. Oh, he didn't. Neighbors. No, he didn't. But they did, they did identify him. He said in a statement that he was shocked and ecstatic. Well, I'd hope so. I can't. Yeah. By the way, it says it generated a record $156 million for California public schools alone. Nice. Well, that's, oh, that's good. good. Yeah. That is good. Yeah. So help the education. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, he could probably take, I don't know, a measly chunk of his $999 million and give California schools, you know, another $200 million and still comfortably... Would we remember we at the time the Powerball, the winner we we figured it out that the winner of that Powerball jackpot, sorry Mega Millions jackpot, could fund Powerball at the time three times over and still have a few hundred million left over. Oh my goodness! They could have paid all those jackpots. Like when you get into billions, that that number just becomes it's unimaginable. It's hard to wrap wrap your head around. You know, to me, anything over a ten dollar bill is unimaginable. (laughs) It's just right. What's that? Is that President Jackson? <laughs> I'm going to have to open my history book to know who's on this money. Now, do you guys follow like uh, the various generations, Gen Z and uh, you know all that? Maybe you guys are part of that generation. I don't know how old you were. 
I think I'm X. We're no. X, aren't we? Okay. Uh, so, yeah. I'm 50. Okay, so, so you're X. I'm, not, I'm technically a millennial. Technically. Okay, a millennial. I pick on millennials quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I, I barely made it into the millennial mark. So. Okay. And Gen Z, they're the group that's under millennials, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Says they're generally considered to be those between 1996 and 2012. Okay. Are becoming drivers at a much lower rate than generations prior. In 97, 43% of those age 16 had a license. 62% of 17-year-olds had a license. But in 2020, those marks have fallen to 25 and 45% respectively. According to Green Car Congress, whatever I'm a member. <laughs> Not only is he president. <laughs> in, 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 yes. In 1983, 80% of 18-year-old Americans had a license. But in 2018, only 61% did. A report by the Washington Post cites that fear, anxiety, (laughs) finances, and even environmental concerns are contributing to factors to the decrease. I'm too scared to drive daddy. (laughs) Seriously. Are you trying to upset me this morning? (laughs) Oh, my. Sean's getting triggered. I am. I don't even like that word. <laughs> what do you, how do I, they get around? Uber. Mom, dad, Uber. Yeah. I'm getting a twitch. You know, when I went to Cincinnati last uh, last August, yeah. you know, for ball games, cab companies were non-existent because, you know, due to the COVID, nobody was taking a cab. So there aren't any cab companies. There was one operating. They had two cars and they were like 30-year-old vehicles. Oh, wow. With a couple of stoners in charge. Wow. And that was the only cab you could find. Seriously. And in a city like Cincinnati. That's crazy. Wow. Someone just texted in. Also, if you can get someone else to drive, you don't have to put down your phone. Oh. So oh. Yeah. Yeah, you know, right. whoever texts that in, I'm giving you the, the 80s <laughs> yeah, golf slap on that. Brilliant. That's, oh, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Takes away. You know, here's the thing. You know, it. I mean... I used to be the guy that was like, ah, every older generation says this new batch of young people, you know. And they're, <laughs> they're all idiots. They're all- <laughs> yeah. But just, I'm a statistics guy. I'm a numbers guy. When I hear stuff like this, then I'm just like, see, that proves it. That proves it. It's like, why wouldn't you drive? That's freedom. That's your ability right. to get out in the world and explore. And, and I don't know. God forbid, maybe have a job, you know. Well, the story goes on to say, one expert says a big screen. Teens want to stay, quote, connected in a safe way because vehicles are an extension of their phones or their screen device. And they want to stay connected and bring their music and everything else with them into the car. So then they yeah. do want a car and they want to drive. No, they just Not want to a be a video in it. game car. Mm. <laughs> yes. Okay. So basically, oh, I... what you're saying is they all want to play Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> right. Well, my children awesome. are going to have to uh, get their licenses because I can't cart them around for the rest of their lives. So <laughs> my daughter has hers. I mean, she just she yeah. turned 16. She's a driver. She's driving. Yeah. So I don't know that we suffer from that a lot in this neck of the woods more so than larger cities right mm-hmm. right yeah because right. in a larger city there but you, you know, know but 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 there's there's kids that are her age that yeah, they, they don't want to drive and there's there's kids i know that are in college that have no desire to get a get a license yeah. but it's a right it's a am i right it's i know right no you're not wrong i mean yeah. Yeah. when i got mine it was the greatest oh, thing yeah. man it was you couldn't wait to be oh, 16 and that yeah. became like your little sanctuary it became yeah. that was your leap from the bicycle yeah yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. yeah. How you connect and get out there and right. do things and explore. Yeah, cruise. 
Not to mention, every parent I've ever known has been happy for their kid to get the license because now they can take their brother or sister to school. Yeah, yeah. They can go pick that up That was us. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You go to the, no, no. You Thousand go to percent that was us. You're so excited to drive. Go get the milk. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, you're hungry? Okay, go, yeah, go get yeah. some food. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. You can take yourself to wrestling practice. There you go. Of course, your insurance rates went up. And you'll have that to look forward to with your kids. Yeah, and they're boys, too. (laughs) Oh, boy. That won't help. You've at least got a girl kid driving. That's true. It's a little cheaper. Yeah. They have more common sense, they they think. (laughs) But you know what? I... This is a this is a true story. We um we got our we got our insurance when when Gretchen got her, her license, and uh, it went up like seventeen hundred dollars. No kidding. And then wow. I called my insurance. I'm like, is this seems to be exorbitantly high? And they're like, let me work on it. <clears throat> so they came back with another rate that was cheaper than what we were doing before. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. So that's good. Did they have an excuse? I mean, did nope, they, they just not carry a one? <laughs> and some people wouldn't argue that. Right. You know, they just paid yeah. it. So it was, it was all, they were like, yeah, we'll get you taken care of. Here's some paperwork. So right. We're good. Now, in the news, they've got, and we don't have much time, a male contraceptive pill <laughs> could create a way for men to prevent pregnancy. So then you'll have to ask one another. Are you on the pill? Are you on the pill? What? I would think living in your parents' basement. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I was going to say something, but... Uh, no car, living in the... <laughs> pale in comparison to the... They don't need a contraceptive pill. Yeah, but I, hey, but I got I got a dozen eggs. Well, you should have seen the look on Blair's face as soon as you said the basement thing. She went, ugh. <laughs> so, it's true. It's definitely not happening, yeah. <laughs> So I guess that's one good way to prevent pregnancy. There you go. Stay down there. There you go. Scientists actually say that it's more effective than women's oral birth control medications. So I guess you take it just before you have sex and you're fully protected, according to this. Oh, either that you can just tell her that, you know, you like to play Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I got to go home. (laughs) Right. So, uh, guys, thanks for coming in. That's right. Thank you. Good to visit. Give us a recap again. Storytellers taking place uh, Saturday. Give us all the details. All right. So we're going to be at the State Theater on Saturday. Doors open at 7, 730-ish. Uh, shows at 8. Uh, we're going to have at least seven storytellers giving stories to you from just all kinds of genres. And uh, these storytellers are your neighbors, your pharmacists, your friends, college professors. And they're just like you. But they've got a story to tell. And... Uh, the stories are all rated, so if you see something that you might not feel comfortable with, you can take a break from the storytelling, go right back in after uh, the story's done. Uh, tickets are 12 bucks. You can get them at uh, State Theater Live uh, website. And I just, I, I really hope a lot of people come out to this because we're, this is the only one we're doing this year. We're mm. not doing them anywhere else because, well, this group that's in here is way too busy with comedy stuff because we're opening up a new club in Niles, Michigan. So we're, this is it. This is it for 2023. Only one storyteller is anywhere in the country. Really? It's opening in Niles? Yeah, yeah. It's the Underground okay. Laugh Lounge going to be open right? in uh, September. Okay. So, so you yeah. can go up there, get your uh, edibles, and have fun watching the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then then when, once you're done, you realize you're sitting in front of a McDonald's dumpster for three hours. The comedy was great, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but again, thanks. Good luck for coming in. And uh, Matthew, thank you. I'll see you tomorrow, buddy. And uh, that'll do it for this edition of Tidbits. 
This has been Tidbits with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We appreciate you listening, and we ask that you consider subscribing, leave a comment, leave a like, and thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you again next time on Tidbits.